Good afternoon, good morning, good evening everybody and welcome to the Journey Podcast with Michael and Ryan. Once again, Michael isn't here but we do have another Michael with us today. Hello. How are we doing brother? We are very well. Beautiful man. So as you guys know that are listening, the Journey Podcast is just simply about the journey. It's just about people's life, their perspective, the things that they're working through, the work that they do and ultimately the way in which they show up in the world. So for you, Mike, how would you explain yourself to people? Mm. Uh, I am somebody who, who helps people get jiggy with their shit. <laughs> um, I um, am a keeper of medicines. I share medicines and I um, try and help people surrender and do whatever work it is that they need to do. Totally, man, and that's a beautiful journey. And like one of the medicines that you share is, is a medicine that's both close to my heart and also um, Mike's heart, and that's happy. Indeed, um, happy, beautiful medicine, um, uh, tobacco, traditionally from the Amazon, um, ground tobacco mixed with uh, the ashes of trees and other plants, um, applied usually in the nose or placed in the uh, in the mouth, and. Um, it's a beautiful way of communing with the spirit of tobacco. Mm. That's a, and it's an interesting one because when you have a think about like tobacco for most people, they'll think about smoking, they'll think about cigarettes. Um, they don't really connect the sacred energy to it, right? It's merely just an addiction or a commodity. Totally. Um, it's possible to get um, to use happy slightly too much i probably do myself <laughs> but um it's definitely a medicine it's got many uses um it's interesting it's known as uh, the medicine of no rules mm. um i got into happy um because of its association with um with ayahuasca that's how i first ran into it um um my journey with all medicines has been to find uh, the source or the most authentic authentic um, um, makers of medicine. Yep. Um, in in Brazil, where these medicines come from, the process of making a medicine is called a feitiço, which literally means spell. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the process of making the medicines, knowing who makes what medicine, why, mm -hmm. um, is very dear to my heart. And I don't just serve Hape, I serve Hape from a very specific source, that's the only source that I work with, and um, uh, for me they're uh, masters of their trade. Mm. And um, yeah, it's an interesting medicine, because it can either take you on a, on a five minute journey, or on a two and a half hour journey yeah and i've like experienced both of those and it's like depending on sort of what you're processing or what your use is for or even sometimes out of the blue it'll just it'll bring something to the forefront of your mind you haven't even been considering indeed it uh, very much comes down to the set and setting um your where you are as a receiver um and um, who you're receiving the medicine from and where. Mm. Uh, personally, I like to encourage people to be very still. Um, happy gives you, uh, gives your physical body and your mental body a hard, fast slap and allows you to drop into a, um, a very solid, container it basically puts you in a meditative state or helps put you in a meditative state super quickly yep. um, so that you don't necessarily have to do all the work of calming yourself down um, it'll do that for you um, the trick is to just sit there be very still and watch yeah just observe what comes up so you said before it's uh, it's the medicine of no rules like what do you mean by that um, I mean, for me, if you're out dancing and you've um, 
taking a tab of acid and you're going a bit too far away, then having a happy to level things out is absolutely fine. Mm. Um, if you're about to go into a meeting and um, your heart's banging away and you want to center yourself, um, have a happy, all good. Um, road rage, happy is great, um, but it's also a lovely medicine at the end of the day to um, take more intentionally. What I mean is really is that it's not, um, um, it, it's a medicine that needs to be treated with respect as long as you're honest about why you're using it and when you're using it, it's all good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's like everything, every, like, every compound on the earth, right? There can become addictive properties to it, whether it's the process of taking it or whether it's like the thing that takes you away from something or whether it's like the, the feeling you get afterwards. So it's like for me personally, happy. I use and utilize it in medicine spaces but then when I come home from a busy day at work and I'm wanting to transition that state for me it's a beautiful thing to just help me drop in you know to, to let go of all the the thoughts and the shit that I'm having to deal with thinking you know as an engineer to just like drop out of that and, and move into a more like I suppose home state indeed I for me it it helps you change state it doesn't for me there's no um i don't feel for myself and anyway that it's putting it's it's putting chemicals into my body mm. which is making me feel something specific it's offering me an opportunity um to be still mm. and to observe yeah for the most part yeah, beautiful. And so you, you speak about it like the, the traditional way and the people that like produce it, produce it, that like make it. Like what's that process process like? Is it something that happens very quickly? Is it something that takes a while? Like what's that process? Traditionally, hape comes from the Amazon and is made by tribes. Mm -hmm. But if you've been to the Amazon and you've been with the tribes, you will know that they do not have the equipment to produce hape that can be, um, that will keep for a year, um, that will not absorb so much moisture that it becomes um, very, um, Sometimes happy can attract a lot of moisture and it can become very clumpy. Mm. Uh, the medicines we use are produced not by tribes. The um, spirit guides of the work are, um, if you saw their pictures, you would they would look like North American Indians, but they're actually South American Indians. And those are the spirit guides that guide the work. Um, there's a specific temple in Sao Paulo that produces this medicine. Um, I've made medicine with them um, twice, um, and um, they, for me, are my guides and my masters for this um, particular medicine. Um, I have worked with happy from other people, and sometimes you find an exceptional happy from um, a, an artisan maker of the medicine mm. um, the process is um, mature tobacco um, pure organic mature tobacco I think on average matured for about five years um, ground down to about 120 micron um, and then that's combined with the ash of a tree um, traditionally the sunu tree um, but sunu apart from being the name of a specific tree also means small tree so actually sunu could be made with up to 130 or something different varieties of trees okay. but it's tobacco mixed with the ash of trees um, and then perhaps other compounds added as well such as camphor or menthol or artemisia or chamomile um, and those additives have um, the same additional properties that those plants would have if they were um, um, communed with in other in other forms yeah yeah for sure <clears throat> now when you're like having hape like 
all of these different plant compounds like whether it's sunu or chamomile or artemisia or maritzi or menthol like there's a different feeling to each one now does that feeling come from the plant itself or does it come from the producers does it come from the energy that they're putting into it like the ikaros that they're singing while they produce it the process of making it so that the songs that are sung to the medicine while it's being made yep. are the same for all the medicines mm. so the difference isn't there the difference is in the plants themselves and those differences may be subtle um, um, there are three base woods sunu camaro camaro um, edit that out amurasi um, um and then you usually have to work with a hape for a reasonable amount of time to be able to notice the subtle differences. Yep. But some are a lot stronger than others. So some of them have hit you in a slightly different way. Yep, yep, totally, totally. That's beautiful. And it is, like, yeah, for me, I've been using it since this, well, first introduced to it in ayahuasca and then like introduced to the use of it like outside of um, medicine journeys probably two years ago and like yeah you can sort of feel those subtle differences like they're not gonna as you say you, you have it the first time you're not really gonna notice a difference you know whether or not someone served you something different but over time you can start to feel the, like the subtle energy energy shifts like you you gave me like a, a bottle of chamomile rose for your wedding yeah and it's just a beautifully well you even left one here um before mike was going on the journey that he's on at, at present um and it's just so soft it's just a very heart-centered medicine yes so the same medicine delivered um to the same person can have totally different effects depending on again the intention of the blow yes. so if i apply medicine during an ayahuasca um, ceremony uh, the likelihood is that you will pur purge hard and fast but that's why we're using it we're using it to help remove the last vestiges of resistance to surrender mm. um, so it's 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 pushing you the last little bit and it is um, um, allowing the recipient to um, get through any internal battles or physical battles that they're still fighting with. Yep. But if I apply that same medicine just before going to bed with a much softer blow um, with the intention of going into a meditative state, then... Um, the results will be very different. Totally. Now you say sit and setting. So what's um I guess like beautiful journey that you're on and like like what led you to this place? What led you to this point of, of being a, a, a server? Uh, an interesting journey. I had a very traditional upbringing, um, Harry Potter type school, <laughs> um, expat, um, uh, I left home when I was nine and flew back and forth from the UK to Cyprus and Hong Kong. Um, I joined the military. I've got a mechanical engineering degree, MBA, worked in large corporates. Um, but I was always a little alternative, even though I was in that world. Um, when I came to New Zealand 20 years ago, I had uh, went to a, out to Wahiki and had a spiritual epiphany mm. I suppose you would call it um, which led me to start um, looking at shamanism and studying shamanism Beautiful. rewind the clock back to when I was 21 we were living in Hong Kong um, my parents took me to Bali for my 21st which was absolutely fantastic we intended as a family to a journey on magic mushrooms and we had talked about it and this was going to be a family adventure anyway when we got to bali my parents bottled totally um but um were quite uh, supportive of me going off and enjoying it on my own so uh i did that um 
experienced magic mushrooms not in a ceremonial setting but um, in an omelette in Bali and it was extraordinary I had an absolutely extraordinary journey which I can remember most details of to this day yeah but it was so profound that I I felt or I received the message that I shouldn't touch psychedelics until I um, knew how to navigate in other realms how I, mm. um, and that I felt safe that my consciousness observer self would return to my body yes um, so it was a remarkable experience um, so r go forward again I start doing uh, my shamanic training and um, very nice lying on the ground um, following the drum and um, doing other shamanic journeying techniques which were all lovely and the course was fantastic and I learned a lot from it but I wanted some of what I had seen before mm. so I eventually got on a plane and went to Peru and um, went on an ayahuasca uh, I, I, I'll say retreat but um, yeah an ayahuasca journey for 12 days yep. in the Amazon wow. and how many years ago was that? Uh, I think it was 18 years ago amazing um, and so there was a huge gap like from 21 to 18 years ago you didn't do psychedelics I didn't touch any psychedelics and I think wow. I I think I I think I had ecstasy once yeah um, but I don't consider that to be a psychedelic no nah, not at all um, so um, apart from smoking Santa Maria mm. um, yeah no interaction with psychedelics at all interesting and do you think there was like just a conscious like th like that was a conscious choice from you from that first experience you were just like okay cool I've been given this message I'm going to hold off until I can hold that container for myself. I'm happy to be where I am now. Yeah, I, I like don't that. know um, what it would have been like if I had found myself where I am now yeah. 20 years ago. Mm. Um, I wasn't... Uh, I'm 60, 61, 60, not quite sure. 60, <laughs> I think, now. And... Um, age um, has softened me mm. and um, I think that helps my work yeah um, I also had no desire to do what I'm doing now then um, so I started journeying with the medicine all that time ago and it w w uh, my first journeys were very interesting um, my first 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 sit with the medicine um i slept all the way through um the shaman was jumping up and down trying to bring me back but um i was gone just asleep the whole way through yeah the second was uh torrid to say the least um it was uh, uh i was being presented with images which was which was so shocking that um i spent most of the journey going you know what are you doing this is this is this is this is not the way mm. um, and every time I felt that energy of of saying this is this is not how it should be it was as if the devil with Edward Scissorhands was plunging the blades into my stomach and squeezing and it was super excruciating and mm. painful um, and uh, the third journey was uh, three days later, and I ran away. Oh, really? And I couldn't. <laughs> I wasn't staying for another one. Fair enough. So it's an interesting start. <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting start to the journey for sure. And and like leaving that experience, like, what was life like for you afterwards? Was it um, on the same journey to South America? I also um, started journeying with San Pedro. Yeah. Um, I thought San Pedro was um, a much more gentle medicine um and i um i was definitely changed but i was still it was still the old me living in my old world so i was still um working in the corporate world mm. and slowly as my as my life evolved uh, my my marriage dissolved um 
my desire to work in the corporate environment dissolved and for three years everything went a bit topsy-turvy for sure and um i basically traveled for three years and um um did the ashram thing beautiful did the jungle thing yeah um and um i think i must have worked a total of one day in three years amazing well um it kind of was and it kind of wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found myself um, visiting my daughters in Tauranga and I was being turned away from hostels because I was, um, they regarded me to be a vagrant or a hobo. Mm. Um, and uh, that made me stop and think and uh, I had to take stock and adjust and say, okay, I can't let myself sink any lower than this. I, I need to uh, pick myself back up again. Yeah, for sure. So you sort of got sort of lost in that journey of, of self-discovery. So no, no, I didn't get lost. I, I, I was, um, there was not enough structure or meaning to what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I don't think I got lost. I just, um, um, I didn't, I didn't have, uh, I suppose, a reason to be. There was mm. nothing driving me. Mm. I was just trying to survive, mm. um, to exist for my daughters and. Um, um, survive as best I could yeah totally and so when you were doing the work in ashrams was that like over in India or was that in, was that in New Zealand no that was uh, the Osho ashram ah, in India interesting uh, after he had departed yeah, but yeah. Um, it was still for a useful journey how long did you do work over there for I was in India for four months amazing just three months in the ashram yeah well, a bit longer than four months but um, three months in the ashram again very informative experience yeah what do you think you took away from that? Because I've spent a month, about six weeks in ashram in India, and and for me it was it was a huge transitional period in my life. That's actually when I went from being an engineer to to becoming a naturopath. So it was one of those points in my life where I decided to make that shift as well. I found it quite amusing. I bet um, you Osh is amazing, uh, an amazing uh, being and teacher but um for me he's definitely not a god yes and um um i was into a number of other things already at the same time crystal skulls sacred geometry mm. um i actually uh, at the end of all of my searching um decided that um uh, the way to the, the, the to the divine was um, to be found through sacred geometry so that's where i found myself at the end of that mm. process well, it's an interesting one because you, you've got to take that path to realize it's not the path for you yeah and it's still it's still is part of my life and I, sure. I, I there's there's um i want to go back to that yep. um sound geometry color um um understanding that where math sits um um, what the liberal arts are about it, it, it expanded my journey it was yeah. it was great to be there yeah beautiful beautiful and okay so three years sort of like as you say like this idea that people may see you or as as a vagrant like what was the step after that for you did you step back into the corporate world did you try find a different balance for that within yourself i um got involved in the taxi industry on yeah. wahiki oh, and beautiful. i it was beautiful, um, especially to start. Mm -hmm. um, but over time, I did that for quite a few years. Over time, it just became another, another master. It just became, um, you know, I'm I'm now living in Auckland, and I, for 16 years years I was on Wahiki, and I didn't do other things in New Zealand because I was stuck in this, in this beautiful place. It's very easy to not be bothered to get off the island and just go down to palm beach and um yeah. enjoy the sunshine and, sure. and the people yeah. and um 
Waikiki is a wonderful place to heal, but I, for myself, I didn't find it a very um, useful place to become creative and grow mm. for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, sort of puts life on pause while you're there. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but while I was on Wahiki, I I had other trips overseas. I got I medicine had become part of my life, so um, I always sought out um, opportunities to go overseas and uh, commune with the medicine in different ways. Um, I also hosted people who were coming over from um, South America to do work over here yep and so uh that continued to be part of my life and mm. that grew yeah beautiful it's like you've been in service for a long time mm. i was driving a taxi in wahiki one day about seven years ago and a brazilian man got in my taxi we had a conversation um the long and the short of it was he um brought a shaman friend of his over from Brazil to New Zealand and um, um, the work in New Zealand started to grow from there. Yeah. Although it was here before and there were other people who had been in service and um, my gratitude uh, for them for um, doing groundwork um, and, uh, and sharing the medicine before that point in time. But that was a pivotal pivotal point for me, um, um, having direct contacts um, in Brazil mm. um, that I could call friends, mm -hmm. um, which meant that I started going to Brazil and um, meeting them, and yeah. one contact led to another contact. Yeah, for sure. Like a lot of people, like me and Mike often talk about our own journeys with with the grandmother and like a lot of people reach out to us and they like want to have these similar experiences you know there's a lot of people sort of like looking for answers like looking for ways to heal so they know that there's aspects of themselves that that are broken or contained that or they haven't really truly accessed yet like do you feel like the grandmother's for everyone 100 percent not mm -hmm. um my mm, I've been um, uh, I've been in service to the medicine for the last five or six years. I've been uh, serving myself for the last three. Um, my work has changed over time, and um, about fifty percent of the people that say they would like the medicine, um, I can't help. Mm. Um, Perhaps their expectations are too high. Perhaps they need therapy. Mm. I'm not a therapist. No. Um, um, their safety is paramount. Totally. And my safety comes second from that. So sure. I will only serve and share medicine with people that, um, that I feel will benefit mm. and that I feel... Um, I am a able to assist. Totally. Um, and that's changed over time. You know, I've, yep. I've served happy to people and given them too much. Um, and I learned my lesson from mm. that. Totally, totally. And that's, that's just integrity, right? You know, because it would be easy for it to become a commodity. It would be easy for it to be like, okay, cool, yep, everyone's welcome. Come along, let's go. Let's get as many people into this space as possible and, and open up a portal and guide you all through a journey and see what happens. See, and interestingly enough, in its country of origin or in one of its countries of origin, that's how it is. Mm. Um, ceremonies are publicly advertised. Um, all you have to do is say, I'm coming. Mm. There's no screening. Mm -hmm. Um um, there may be 60, 80 people in a ceremony. Totally. Um, and uh, that's not the work that I do. No, not at all. Not at all. And uh, yeah, well, when, like, I sort of seen a glimpse of that in Peru, it's like you, you go into Cusco and every second shop's advertising it. 
you know and they're just trying to drag you in off the street like there's a huge tourism around it and me and van when we actually had our first experience with it like we went to a few of the the retreat centers i'm just gonna Uh, we went to a few of the retreat centers and like just to fill it out to see what it was like um and there was like a huge pool they didn't really ask any questions about you or what you wanted from it they just told you how much it was and this is when it was going to be and you could sort of see the commodity in it and like as we started to talk to more people about it and actually as we got guided through our own individual journey um we stayed uh, with the shamans for like two days afterwards just so they could help us actually integrate throughout the experience and they were sharing with us some of the stories of like what sort of goes on in the background you know when you're when you're opening up that portal there's a lot of things that can go on and there's other energies that may enter and they were essentially telling us that uh, the shamans would be having battles over the space in the same city um indeed so so that's Peru for you. Mm. In Peru, there are two main lineages, um, Shipibo and Mestizo. Um, there are different ways of working in Colombia, and there are very different ways of working in Brazil. So, um, some of the things that you mention are belief system based, and I steer away from any belief system. Um, and do the work that I think is appropriate in this place at this time for the people that are here in New Zealand. Um, um, I stay away from black magic. I'm also not a shaman and I'm not a kunandera. I'm not a healer. Mm. That's not my role. My role is a server Mm. to keep people safe. Mm. Um, um, Commoditization is going on Hmm. Um, you only have to type a search of um, um, for ayahuasca or iboga or um, 5-MeO-DMT to see how much um, how corporate it has become Um, there are over 300 ayahuasca servers in Holland alone Wow, um, which is pretty incredible Mm. I don't know where the medicine comes from. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you know, there's a there's got to be a lot of echoes being sung and a, a lot of a lot of vines and trees getting cut down to be able to serve that many people, right? That is true, and I'm not even sure what is in some of that medicine. Mm. This is another point that's very very dear to my heart. Um, when I first started getting involved with ayahuasca more directly um, six or seven years ago I made it my business to find out who was making the medicine and why so now I only serve medicine that has been made by somebody that I know that I have worked with that I have made medicine with I understand where he works how he works who his masters are um, who he has assist him in making the medicine, how he selects the vines that are going to be put in the medicine. Mm-hmm. And I also only work with medicine from Brazil mm-hmm. because that's the only medicine that I know to be pure mm-hmm. because it's made um, ostensibly for the Santo Daime Church oh, yeah. um, and is made to a specific recipe. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful because at least then you know <clears throat> and have a connection to the medicine that you're that you're ultimately serving to people over here. I do, and I also have um, the trust of the people who are supplying with the medicine mm. um, to work with their medicine in a uh, respectful way that mm. will not cause harm. For sure. So, with with saying all of that, like a few people's ears might be pricking up like how would you know when's the right time how would you know if it's the right time how do you know if it's if it's going to be the medicine like if if the medicine is is well you are ready for for an experience with it interesting question um 
my starting point with somebody mm. is that they're approaching me for a specific reason. Mm. Um, they need already to, already to have um, researched the medicine and persuaded themselves that now is the right time. Mm. That's when I engage. I don't encourage anybody to take the medicine. Um, um, people have to come to it under their own steam. Yeah. So, um, for me, the right time question starts once they've come and asked for it. Yeah, for sure. And now let's see what's what's if we can help or not. Totally, and it's like I don't know. It's similar with breath work because people just if people come to you with a desire to learn more about themselves and they're coming with like an open heart and they just want to you know work through their shit then it's beautiful because there's willingness near they're open to it but if someone comes to you in a panic or if someone comes to you where they're not in like a stable frame of mind it's like well that not like although breathwork is powerful and you have control over the journey yourself it's like there's so many steps that you could take before you get to that point it's not like it should be a last resort no and it's not a standalone i mean for a start it's not a cure no um but it's it's something for me it's a medicine that encourages you to get your house in order Mm. so i've had i've had examples of people who have contacted me and i won't be able to get to them for four months let's say but the person that's asking me is wants help now so one might say look this is what the medicine is going to say to you it's going to question your diet it's going to question your exercise regime it's going to question um how busy you are how you spend your time who your friends are what are your relationships um what substances are you abusing um it, it's going to it's going to call you out yeah and um, so i i i need to i need to assess if people are ready to be called cool out down, totally and if they're not then perhaps it's not the right medicine totally and even that in itself right like if if you're going into it and you don't have the rest of your house in order realistically you might as well get your house in order because she's just gonna she's just gonna get to the the surface level items first right right so the chap i was talking about um who um had four months before this sit i suggested that he um find curtain find sound healing find like-minded people um start looking into his diet start exercising and he he did all those things and he was in a great state by the time from where he was when he first called me to when he received the medicine um he had already made huge um huge transformation yeah and it's like even in that you can see that the medicine's already started to do the work four months before hi you know because it's getting everything else in order and and quite often it's like if the last time i sat i the time before that the medicine gave me a list of things that that really needed to happen you know actions that i needed to take and if i i knew that if i sat again and hadn't completed all the checks on those lists she was just going to go straight and be like why didn't you do that and i'll be like oh i let it slip to a degree that's yeah. one way of looking at it the other way of looking at it is the medicine doesn't do anything mm. except activate things within you yep. so the medicine one could say the medicine doesn't ever tell you to do anything it's you telling yourself mm. um it's also a super tricky medicine so you it's it's very dangerous to um take what you encounter inside the medicine space at face value for me the work of the medicine is not done in the ceremony the work of the medicine is calling yourself to order as you are walking through life Mm. oh my goodness i'm being a dick Um, and catching yourself and trying to operate in a different way identifying patterns I, had a, I remember one experience um, 
with my partner, um, um, a situation developed um, over a number of days. Um, the situation got worse. Um, she apologized. I accepted her apology. And then the medicine said, hold on a second. Um, that conflict didn't actually start when you think it started. It started two months ago when you did X. Oof. Look what a manipulative bastard you <laughs> are. But you're so manipulative that you've created a situation that you knew you would come out on top of yeah. and receive an apology for. What sort of power game are you playing? Oof. And it's like, wow. Oof. Um, so it, for me, those are the real gifts of the medicine is, is 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 being able to call yourself out to see your patterns and be more conscious in the moment mm. um, I don't like to um, attribute anything to the medicines specifically yeah it's more a facilitator yeah um you are the medicine yes you're the cure yeah yeah totally and it's it's just like it's just creating a space for you to see aspects of yourself you probably already know but may have already been avoiding a hundred percent yeah and especially um those of us that do work mm. have a tendency to hide things away mm. because oh yeah but i'm already doing as much as i need to do, do um i'll come back to that another day mm. i've been called out by the medicine uh i, I won't say many times <laughs> but a number of times um for putting stuff on the back burner yeah um and you know one day it'll grab you by the short and curlies and say look bro you know i have two bits of information for you one it's still your job to fix this i'm mm. not going to fix it for you mm -hmm. and secondly if you don't fix it you're going to find yourself in a lot worse place than you than you are now yes you need to work on this yeah so what you're saying is like the experience is there but the answer is already within and if you're not actually already going into that self-evaluation of trying to figure out why you're in the space that you are why you're showing up the way you are then it's like get that in order first you know go through those processes first whether it's talk therapy or breath work or as you say like sound healing you know there's so many different other modalities out there that are going to get you to the same point it's just that through an ayahuasca ceremony it's just there's potential that it will just slap you in the face you know and that that doesn't mean the work's done oh definitely not never because it all that all it does is bring awareness to it and then you have to do the work anyway yep it doesn't do the work it shakes you up in a different way it 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 um i mean obviously everybody's experience is different but um it seems to make people more flexible um more neuroplastic as they say these mm. days um and allow you to um see reality in a different way mm -hmm. for me the medicine is continuously saying look it's all there is no truth to anything everything is um um everything is as you choose to see it to be and you have the ability to exercise choice it's all choice it's all choice you are all powerful um, um you are god or at least you are the creator of your own reality yeah yeah beautiful it's just giving you an opportunity to take your own power back realize that you are you are all we all god we all have the creator energy within us it's just about taking that ownership of it and and i think this particular medicine um um has a different set of tricks to other modalities to help you get to that place yeah there's no way that it's better or worse than any other particular modality mm. and um 
Um, and we have to remember that not everybody um, consecrates any specific medicine or does any specific work like breath work for the same reason. No. Some people are doing the medicine because they like community. They mm. want to be in the community of other people who are doing medicine. For sure. And that's great. Yeah. They're not there because they want to do huge amounts of work. Mm. I, I, that's not what I'm trying to um, um, help facilitate, but... You know, that's a, another valid reason to want to do the medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just purely for the experience itself. Yeah, beautiful. So, I guess for you, like, what's probably one of the most profound experiences, or what's what's the biggest lesson you've learned, like, going throughout this journey? Like, what's the biggest lesson you've learned? Um, the biggest lesson that I've learned probably came from a. Uh, Buffavarius experience mm. um, um, being served um, 5 meo DMT, um, which removed the ability to resist and therefore put me in a state of total surrender. The lesson was huge because as I looked back at all my ayahuasca journeys I realized that the only thing that was getting in the way was me mm. um, and that totally changed the shape of my work the w my work now is all around helping people um, trust and feel safe nothing more than that to make them feel safe so that as they undergo the experience, um, they can surrender to it. Um, um, so for me, you know, ultimately the gift is surrender. And there mm -hmm. are many techniques that can be employed to help you surrender. Mm -hmm. But there are levels of surrender that are far beyond what we might traditionally um, conjure up in, my, in our mind when somebody says surrender. surrender. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's beautiful. And like safety and surrender, like two powerful things. And it's like for you as a facilitator, even like for me as a breathwork facilitator, that's the same. It's like I do the work for me, but I also do the work for other people because I know the the safer I feel within myself, the safer I can make other people feel within themselves. And it's like the bigger the container I can hold within myself, the the further they can explore within themselves. You know, it's like a fishbowl. If you've only done a little bit and the container you hold is only very small, the people inside that place can only have a very small area to, to explore. And the, the deeper you go into your own journey and your own ability for surrender and, and safety, it's like the deeper a container you can provide. Um, as well as doing my own work on myself, um, who I work with is incredibly important to me. Um, I work with my partner. Um, we are doing the work all of the time. Mm. Um, our home is is um, um, is our is our workplace. Yeah. Um, our life is is our work. Um, I am deeply appreciative to uh, to Jim, my partner, for um, the amount of love that she's brought in my life and mm. how soft that's made me. Yeah. Um, I super screen the people who are going to come into the container. <coughs> I work with a with a relatively small number of people at any one time. I have big spaces between people, um, and. Um, fundamentally I'm just loving them I'm trying to love them as much as I possibly can and hold them and stay out of their way whilst they do the work mm. whilst knowing that assistance is there should they need it mm. on the whole our containers are super blissful mm, yeah that was actually the first time I experienced just pure bliss and and actually visuals was in one of your sits and never before 
doing mushrooms or I or I'd been through many different experiences and I'd, I'd never see any visuals and it was when you were doing a sit with us here um, and it was when you put on the rain rain stick the rain stick and I just asked the grandmother show me the magic and she was like you've earned it and it <laughs> just it was like it sw- turned on a switch and everything just turned into colour and it just turned into all the geodesic domes and everything like that and I was like beautiful and i just sat in pure bliss for an hour ultimately i'm trying to get people to to the place where they can at least start to understand that that bliss is accessible all the time yes it's so close that you can't that it's difficult to see Mm. it 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 is a it is a choice to step into um that divine light and and the aim of the game for me isn't to be an ascended master it's to marry and merge the um the beautiful lessons and the spiritual aspects with my human self Mm. and balance those two that's where the gift is if you if if, for me if one's looking continuously for more and more um uh, information externally or another path or another way um you're not going to find the gift because the gift is right there inside you all the time. time um and yeah just trying to help people um access that aspect of themselves yeah and, and personally i believe that if you access that then everything else looks after itself totally yeah that's beautiful it is beautiful well for you like as you, i mean you've come from a corporate background like currently me working as an engineer on the day it's like I, I come from a corporate background it's like do you feel there's any do you feel there'd be like any positive benefit if a majority of people would have an experience with the with the grandmother like do you think it would have a positive impact on the world a lot of people see like like it's the answer the medicine's the answer like do you believe that that would actually be the case no because if you give medicine to a narcissist <laughs> you just make a bigger narcissist totally um it will amplify um that which you think you wish to find in yourself mm. the number of people who drink the medicine and the next day think that they should be That's serving and sharing the medicine um, or that their god um, is is remarkable For sure. so um, I don't think it would be useful to um, pour into the water supply of a city yeah. um, I think that would be um, very disruptive and 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 not what it's about no. I, I um my i'm not here to save the world no. i'm here to help individuals that wish to help themselves totally um and there are lots of medicines and there are lots of paths you know if people want to it would be it would be great if the whole world could drink fresh water mm. or could eat um um vegetables and meat that had been uh produced with intent yeah there are so many there are so many other um aspects of life that could be tweaked um uh it's not a it's not a it's not a magic bullet no not at all and then it also just shows you how much of a privilege it actually is to be in a position to even have the opportunity you know because a lot of people are living stressful lives and they don't even well within themselves they don't feel like they even have time to to sit down and and cultivate a meditation practice or can cultivate any any form of like introspection you know true and um a lot of time um people need to have already brought themselves to the point of slowing down or taking stock or questioning or evaluating where they've got to and why they're there it took me until I was let's say 44 to realize that I wasn't here to do you know to follow a a pre um, prescribed um, path um, you know 
school, university, army, corporation, um, uh, wife, children, house, car, um, cats. Uh, it, it took me a while to say, hold on a second, this, this, isn't, fit. this isn't me. Yeah. You know, I need to work out what I'm about yes. and what my, um, what my gifts are and find my true a purpose and something that really gives me my life more meaning yeah totally and it's like how can you i don't know there's there's always like this thought that i have at the back of my mind so many people are like in a rush to heal and figure out who they are and like lose like to dissolve themselves of the world essentially but it's like if you've never truly experienced the world how can you truly let it go like how can you really lose yourself if or how can you really find yourself who've never actually really been lost right and therefore uh, you know I, I'm I have shared medicine with some younger people um, but um, if you haven't got any if you can't observe yourself mm. then i there are different benefits that you can get from the medicine mm. i've seen seven-year-olds drink the medicine mm. it's amazing it's mm. beautiful um, i'm i'm i it's not my um not my work to serve medicine to minors so i wouldn't but i've totally. seen the benefits that can be received by those people yeah. i've seen people that have have had the medicine for therapeutic reasons or for healing reasons and who have benefited from it again not my work but setting context realistically right and they would have been doing things to get up to that point and working with different people for periods of time different people who have the skills to assist exactly in that exactly and that those specific shamans are there for that reason that is their purse that is their serving it's like it's probably not something you would find in new zealand because there's not actual shamans here everyone that does the work here are merely just servers right uh, I, it, some some of them may may challenge that and that's <laughs> that's their right and uh, much respect to their process and um uh, the work that they've done to get where they are um but it the medicine alone is not just a thing um it's like a i'll say a bottle of whiskey a bottle of whiskey in in, in the bottle is 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 just an item but you know how is it going to be used by whom um um, as I say, there are, I've experienced perhaps ten different ways of using or or consecrating the medicine, and mm. they're all different. Mm. I know people that drink medicine uh, in the order of fifteen to twenty times stronger than what we drink. Wow. They drink it for seven years, and they train to be angels. Their mm. their work is to reach to specific um reach up to specific deities and pull energy down and um uh spread that love in the world it, it, that's i don't understand what they're doing <laughs> no, it's no, not my work no, not my belief me. system uh. so um ayahuasca is being used by many people in many different parts of the world for different purposes totally and it's all valid because again it's it, it's not necessarily the medicine itself it's what the medicine it's is opening, opening up and the teacher or the guide or the server or the the curandera that's using the medicine yep. when things open mm -hmm. what they're doing um um when those realms are, are opened up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And it sort of goes back to it's like the, the people that are ready to work with you will find you. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like there's so many different levels, there's so many different ways of being, there's so many different things that are people are working through um, and trying to access in this life. The different levels and different realms uh, are relative and necessary. And, and just because, you know, if I say no to somebody, it doesn't mean that the medicine's not appropriate for them. Mm. It just means that I don't think I can assist them Beautiful. with the medicine. Yeah, and, and that in itself is integrity, you know? Because it's like, no, now's not to say it's not for you, but I'm not the server for you, which is right. beautiful, which is beautiful. Beautiful, man. Well, it's a beautiful journey. Like, I've... 
yeah I, I mean i've loved having you in my life it's always a beautiful you're always a, a beautiful point of reference to it's come pleasure to be there <laughs> it's a beautiful point of reference to come back to because um, you are you're truthful you're honest you 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 hold that reverence to yourself and if you are looking for guidance you're always someone that you can always come to and you know that it's uh it's going to be from your experience and if you don't have advice or you don't know then it's just like that exact same thing you're like no nope, not for me I try and keep the bullshit to a minimum. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The woo. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I'm, I am not big on the woo. Nah, it's a beautiful world. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough going on here. They have to worry about what's going on up there too. But that's exactly the same. It's like, it's like I'm, I'm the same. It's, it's not all about what's going on up there out there and uh in the in the other realms because i don't have access to it i don't work in other realms yeah. i'm down here on the earth um trying to help people with um the real issues that are causing them pain so i do encourage people to be honest with themselves um, and that's not easy not at all not at all and there's different levels to it and there's different layers and there's different honest well the sometimes it, it takes being honest about certain things before you can get to the real thing uh, it's a process totally. and it's a continuous process because um, um, I suppose the question would be do you want to improve and if you want to improve um, what do you need to change to improve and what's stopping you um, being that better version of yourself Hmm. Um, and 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 better's not even the right wo Subjective. word. It's 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 and it's not just one thing. There is we are we are so complex. Hmm. Um, and sometimes you work on one thing and, and realize that oh, even though that I I, I perceive that aspect of myself to be. Um, negative what's what's feeding it within me oh this little monster this little energy it's valid it's part of me how am i going to channel how am i going to channel it in a way which is um more appropriate for the person that i want to be mm. um um what do i have to say hard nose to what mm. what do what 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 can i allow um what how can I rebuild myself to um, do better with what I've got? What else do I need? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So going on a journey and just picking up different tools all the way throughout, you know, collecting different things, seeing that this is right for this time, things you have to let go, pick up different tools for different times. So it's just like it's, it's constant, um, but at the same time you can you can take it you know you can set up camp you can relax you can be happy with with who you've become to a certain point like all throughout the journey and the journey that you are on because it's like it's easy to get trapped in as you say the constant need to get better so my approach is um one needs to be able to one regulate oneself and be happy with exactly where you are mm. now that's step one you need to be in total acceptance so there you go so not happy in acceptance with who you are where you mm. are now and then make conscious steps to develop morph change grow that it's not um that's imp that's important for me how do how do you breathe into any moment and be okay now here and make conscious choices about where you want to go beautiful 
it's a beautiful place to to end that okay. <laughs> a beautiful piece of wisdom well thanks so much brother for being on the podcast thank you so much for sharing your journey um sharing the story like going deeper into to your experience with the grandmother with ayahuasca and like sharing a little bit more knowledge behind that so people can have a greater understanding if if it is right for them or if they're just trying to chase an experience and just a reminder that like the work isn't in the moment and just for that eight to 12 hour period where you know you're in the experience it's everything that you do leading up to it and it's everything that you do afterwards so yeah. it's just like if if you're getting the call to you know sit um make sure your house is, is, is in order first because it's going to be a reminder to get in an order as well and and getting your house in order was a continuous process always and, and the disclaimer is this is my take on the medicine oh for sure other people working with the medicine will work with it in different ways mm. so you know is it is it is it me is it us is it is, is it our work or is it the medicine i don't know it's a mixture of all those things beautiful thank you ryan thank you michael in your absence um i love you both um i honor the work that you do and um uh, the integrity of your work it's uh, a pleasure to know you it's a pleasure to know you too brother thank right. you thank you everyone for for listening this evening um yeah we'll see you guys next week for another episode <laughs>